everyone, and welcome to Connect, a weekly podcast from the Sparta UMC Collective. Each week, we dive deeper into the spiritual themes that we've been exploring at both campuses of Sparta UMC and share some updates from the life of our church. Hi, my name is Ben Gatton. I'm one of the pastors at Sparta UMC, and I'm here with Pastor Michelle. Yes, I'm Michelle Foster Becker-Legg, and I am delighted that we are able to be together this afternoon. As we get started, we want to let you know that um, we are in the life of ministry in a church context, and as such, you may hear all sorts of wonderful office and church noise. You might hear a doorbell or a phone. You may even hear an organ. Yeah, yeah. And so we're just going to roll with it and say, yay, God, for activity among us. That's right. And uh, hate that we missed recording an episode last week, but you graciously allowed us to pass on that since I was so sick that I could not leave the house and I feel a lot better. I just don't sound better. Um, but yeah, but indeed it's still been sitting with us, which is great. And so, um, I'm going to pick up some of the things that Ben usually does just so we have a more clear voice for which you to hear. And as a way of centering today, I want to share with you a word of scripture. It comes from Ephesians, which is in the new Testament towards the back. And it comes from chapter three, starting at verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of its glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. What a great passage. Yes. And I think it's a great start into what we want to talk about today. Yeah. We are beginning this Sunday at both expressions of our worshiping community, both at Muddy Creek, which is our Hope Fellowship gathering, and at Sparta UMC, the traditional church site, Mm -hmm. a sermon series, a conversation series called Stuff the Bible Does Not Say. Yeah. Now that's interesting, isn't it? It is very interesting. And part of the reason we decided to do this is because there's a lot of things that we give the Bible credit for that actually have no foundation or a skewed uh, representation of what the Bible actually says. Yes. Now, these are all things that sound Bible-ish or Bible-esque, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Especially, you know, we're here in the Bible Belt and... Lots of Bible sounding things kind of get thrown around a lot on your everyday journey through life, doesn't it? It does. Well, and some examples of this that we're not going to talk about, but kind of helps your mind to get around it is, you know, at Christmas time, we talk about Jesus being born and Mary and Joseph. And there are these people that come from the East to visit. We call them the three wise men. There's not the number three in the Bible and they're not actually called wise men. Nope. 
They're, and they're not kings either. No. Right? Like, like the song. Right. Yeah. That's right. And so that's rather interesting. Um, there's also a story in the Bible about this big fish that swallowed a man. Yep. We usually call that big fish a whale. It's actually a big fish. It's a big fish. Yep. Which is kind of fascinating. Um, if we push a little bit further, I know I've said it to my children when they were small. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Mm -hmm. That's not in the Bible. But it sounds Bible-ish. It sounds very Bible. Well, another one that sounds very much like something Jesus might say is money is the root of all mm -hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. Jesus spent a lot of time talking about money, but Jesus didn't actually say that. That's not in the Bible anywhere. No one said that in the Bible. Nope. Which is fascinating. And then, and then there's also the story in the very beginning of the Bible. In the Garden of Eden, and we always argue whether um, Eve or Adam was right or wrong and who is more at fault. And there was the fruit that they were not supposed to eat of. We've turned that fruit into... An apple. Right. It's red and shiny. Yes. Yeah. And it could have easily been a grape. Who knows? It could have been kiwi. I don't know. But it doesn't actually say what it is. So, well, Ben, as we dig into this whole sermon series. Sorry, I'm still stuck on the sinister kiwi. Uh, I know. At the beginning of doesn't that sound fun? Like a little kiwi. Yeah. Maybe it was like dragon fruit or something. You know, something really exotic. But as we, as we dig into and prepare for these conversations, what are these non-truths, these Bible-esque things that we're going to explore? Yeah, there's four that we're going to talk about throughout the month of October. Um, this week, we're starting out with one that I, I, is the one when I've talked to folks, they've thought this was like the biggest of all of them, which is God helps those who help themselves. Uh, and then we'll follow that up with God will never give you more than you can handle. Everything happens for a reason, and then close it up with love the sinner, hate the sin. All of those sound like they came straight out of the Bible. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's fair to say they're, they're, they're phrases that might have some partial truth to them, regardless of whether in the Bible or not. Um, for example, this week's God helps those who help themselves. The Bible certainly has a lot to say about the value of hard work. Right. Um, and in and, and personal responsibility, you can certainly find some passages mm -hmm. that talk about that. Um, but this phrase, God helps those who help themselves, maybe draws from those wisdom passages in the Bible, but comes across in a really unhelpful way, especially the way it's often used in our culture. Yeah, because even as I'm preparing for our conversation this week, some of the questions that occurred to me as I began really thinking about what this means is, so what about those who can't help themselves? Yep. Is it a tit for tat? Like, does God only help if we do something? Um, what about when the knowledge that is necessary for a particular task or situation is greater than I have acquired? Right. Does that mean I... I'm left without God and without any ability to help myself. Um, it kind of goes back to what is meant by the phrase, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. Which 
is is probably another thing folks might think is in the Bible, especially here in the United States of America. Right, right. Because we've even um, shortened that and, and probably made it a little bit more crude in our 21st century language when we just say, suck it up. Yeah. Like, get it together and get it going. Yep. And what's the role of faith then? Like, where's God in that equation? Well, and, and what you just brought out is, is the exact issue I have with this phrase is, if this is true, God helps those who help themselves, then faith isn't even, isn't even a necessary component of life. Not even supplemental. No, no. Um, why, why have faith in anything beyond yourself if it's all up to you in the end of the day anyway? Yeah. Um, and it completely cuts God's grace out of the picture. Well, and that's interesting you say that because if you look at God will never give you more than you can handle, well, then it cuts God's grace out of that. That's right. And God and our need for God in that. Everything happens for a reason. Well, if there is a very clear cut reason for everything, then where does God's sovereignty and God's omnipotence is bigger than our understanding come into that equation? Right. And love the sinner, hate the sin. Can you separate me from my behavior? Ooh. Yeah. That's, it really creates a false dichotomy there, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, where's God's grace? Right. And I think it's important when we say God's grace, you and I come to that word with the understanding of what grace is. And grace is that unconditional, undeserved, unmerited love of God. And then mercy, which I know I'm guilty of linking grace and mercy always together. Sure. Mercy is the withholding of the punishment that really is appropriate for a behavior that is against God or another. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about grace and mercy and we hear these phrases that have... Um, that the Bible gets credit for, I think it brings us back to ask the question, where is God's grace and God's mercy seen and experienced in the midst of each of these statements? Yeah, because they really shrink God's grace and mercy down. They do. To very bite-sized, human-sized understandings of what God's grace and mercy are. Right. I mean, yeah. conditional, yep. human-sized, only within our ability to understand. I'm excited for this series and these conversations um, because I've said it a million times. Words matter. They do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm particularly excited to use the word conversation because I, I've been thinking these phrases, they really, I, I would argue, have come to pass because they all address situations that are very complicated, complex, and require a lot of nuance. Yes. We see someone hurting and struggling. We know their own responsibility and their own choices play a role in that. We know it's going to be very difficult for us to sustainably and uh, truly sustainably help them and empower them to, to get into a better place in life. So instead of navigating all that, it becomes easier just to say, well, God helps those who help themselves. Or when terrible tragedies happen that we cannot begin to explain it becomes easier just to say everything happens for a reason than it does to really dig into what's going on around us. That's right. And in that phrase, everything happens for a reason. You know, so often we hear that when someone dies. Right. Um, and that is then accompanied by, well, God needed another angel. Oh, yeah. 
or, well, in God's life flower garden, you know, your loved one is now a beautiful flower. Never heard that one, but. Oh, that's, yes. Oh, that's, that's, you know, okay. and again, the intention is to right. bring some comfort. And I think part of what these conversations will invite us into is to ask the question, where might our language, even though we intend it to be comforting, actually uh, create harm yep. and speak erroneously of the faith that we actually do hold dear? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because some of these things put a, put a lot on God that I don't think... God's ever asked to be put on. <laughs> That's <laughs> yes. right. Yeah. That's right. I mean, but God's big enough to handle whatever we offer to God. At the same time, what does it say about our understanding of who That's God right. is? Yeah. I mean, God will never give you more than you can handle. Okay. So is God always testing me to see what my limit is? Right. And some of these require, uh, I hope I say this clearly, like sometimes we can't just look for a verse to yes. get an answer, sometimes we kind of have to pan out a little bit and look at the stories as a whole. It's pretty, you know, th that one, for example, God will never give you more than you can handle. It's pretty hard to read the story of Jesus and see someone who is not being given what he can exactly handle. That's right. Um, yeah. And same with other heroes of the faith in the Bible. I mean, mm -hmm. you look at Peter, you look at Paul, look at Abraham, David. Any of the prophets. Any of the prophets. They're all given more than they can handle, which puts them in a place where they need to trust in God. Yeah. Yeah. So no, you might not be able to just turn to a specific verse and get the answer that you need. Um, and that's kind of the point of faith. It takes wrestling. It takes conversation and growth in community. It takes developing a personal connection with God. And it's a process. That's right. Well, and I think you said something that I want our listeners to hear very clearly is that it takes conversation and it takes wrestling. Yeah. It is okay to say to God, God, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. It is okay to say, why God? I, to be angry, to wrestle, to ask for clarification. Our faith is not um, packaged pretty with a red bow on top and given to us. No. Our faith is something that we come to experience as we really, truly make ourselves vulnerable that God's love might become real to us. That's why growth and discipleship are a journey and a process and yes. not a test that you pass. Yes. And I think that is a wonderful, wonderful place of which we can begin this conversation and end this podcast. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about all of these things over the course of the next few weeks and um, hope that you come along with us. Yes. And we look forward to welcoming you to Sparta UMC at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. for worship in our sanctuary or at 10 o'clock at Muddy Creek Music Hall, which is the backside of, yep. of the Muddy Creek Cafe and Restaurant at 10 a.m. Any Sunday morning, come. Don't be a visitor. Come and be our guest. So go in grace and peace. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Thanks.